What are you laughing at, Sarah? <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of Hold On, Let Me Tell It Podcast. We are coming to you live from the Dongsville Podcast Studio and Toy Museum, right in the heart of Janesville, Wisconsin. I am Matt Marbury, and with me at the table is Sarah Barfield. Hello. And a gentleman that tested positive for hilarity this week, <laughs> Adam Tollefson. You sound like a pirate. <laughs> this week's podcast is brought to us by Down the Street Bar and Grill, located at 967 South Jackson Street in Janesville. Stop down on Thursday nights for Jameson Jack and Crown Shots for three fifty. One, Adam, I just want you to know I'm having a good time. And two, I was going for Crypt Keeper. Well, you came off like a pirate. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe try a pirate next time. Crypt Keeper, his voice is a little screechier, a little higher. It's been a while Less since I've seen ours. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I forgot. It was piratey, wasn't it? I uh, forgot to offer Sarah a podcast beer. Or you, cider. You forgot to offer me one, too. I offered you one when we came down. <laughs> When you came down, <laughs> remember I was telling you about, you got to shake it up. Yeah. The instructions on it is yeah. upside down. It's like an unfiltered cider. What? Uh, it's right. It's like 20 feet away, but yeah, we'll get yeah. it. We'll get it. Don't worry. I'll add it in. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm going to try it. You yeah. Didn't try fuck it? Yeah. No, I haven't tried it yet, but sorry. I'm going to wait for you, Sarah. Are you crazy? Oh, thanks. Goodness. Um, Anything happening uh, from you guys since the last time we recorded? Sarah and I went to my brother-in-law's wedding. Mm -hmm. How was that? It was awesome. It yeah. was, yep. It was well done and one that you won't soon forget. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was outside. Okay. It was on That's why Adam has the sniffles. Yeah, it was on Saturday. I did not dress accordingly. Uh, Sarah was behind me with the puffy coat with the fur coming out of the hood. <laughs> Where uh, was it at? Uh, about 20 miles north of Jefferson. In Lowell, Wisconsin. Okay. On a farm, yeah. And why? That's where they board their horses. Yes. Oh. Which plays into the wedding. Yep. Oh. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. There is a barn. I took the drop off, but. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> now you have my curiosity. Oh, yeah. It's been forever. <laughs> that would have been perfect. I know. <laughs> um, there's a barn that they, that they, uh you know, decorated and put a bar in. It was really cool. It had hay barrels all around and yeah. Bloody Marys and hot cider. And with Fireball. Which with Fireball. I've been drinking every day since. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> Screw the fact that she started work again. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was cool. Um, Yeah, they, they rode in on horses, dude. Really? Yes. Yeah. So Justin came in on a horse yes well wait, yeah. before, oh, wait. Like it. before the before it started so it's a about a 50 minute drive i would say from janesville yeah and the wedding started at 11 and it was saturday so it was a blustery yeah. fall day it was it was a, a little, little drizzle and um so we got there just before 11 and they did have a warming house, though. Yeah. That you could go in to get warm. But people were in blankets and winter coats. Umbrellas. Umbrellas, yeah. Um, and so we kind of, all the guests meander up to the field where the chairs are set up and the archway. that, And then they have like um, kind of like a carpet aisle that okay. the bride would walk down. And we're sitting there, and it's like quarter to 12 now. So 
we thought it was starting at 11. Oh, wow. God, they were a little behind. Um, Justin mounts the horse. And, well, the invite said. <laughs> I'm the, sorry, I'm 13. <laughs> the invite said Western wear or, and purple attire yes. are recommended um, and wear sturdy footwear, which was a good recommendation. Yes. And so we're all kind of sitting there and our backs are to where the horses, I would say, are. The yes. barns are behind us. And all of a sudden, Justin's mom kind of yells loudly, watch out people. Oh my Look God. Look out people. And everybody now turns around and there's a, a horse on the loose. Coming up what? the hill. Coming yeah, coming. Hill. I mean, it was headed our way a little bit. Mm -hmm. If it if it veered left a little bit, it might have. But they, they got it and yeah know, calmed her down and I, I guess she's must be one of um rachel's friends or i, I think maybe yeah or her sister one she, of the because she yes. was very versed at handling a horse because she grabbed those reins and like got it, it tamed like, yeah like a dog like come on let's we're going back down here a gigantic horse yeah <laughs> it was huge yeah like uh, horses scare me they're just so powerful. You don't even think about right. it. Right. So we don't know exactly what's going to be happening during the wedding. And we see Justin mounts his horse and is riding towards. The but Justin owns a horse. I didn't even know this. They do. Yeah. I, you know, I think it started with Rachel. She, I think her and her family own a few. Mm -hmm. So I think they share Several. one now maybe. Yeah. And so he's riding towards the guests and we're like, oh my God, if he walks like down the carpeted aisle to the archway on this horse, I mean, you're very close yeah the guests are sitting very like close from here yeah. to the wall you know? and i understand i gotta think the horses aren't used to this right like, definitely not <laughs> and i will say like rachel is super fluid on on a horse oh yeah justin wasn't super fluid not True. that he did a bad job or anything but you could tell like the comfort level wasn't yeah. as good as Rachel. oh and it's his wedding day you know you throw oh, those yeah. nerves on Jitters. top of that it's but probably contemplating just riding off in the sunset. <laughs> <laughs> but he did really good. Cruised yeah. up and yeah, they like stop at the back of where everybody is yeah. and then he hops off and yes. then kind of goes down the aisle. And then he walks down the aisle. And then they he he said there's a, you know, a couple readings, there is a uh, musical number. But wait, before oh, that yeah. starts. There's a there's a really good part in here. <laughs> so the archway was pretty simple and rustic. Yes. And is it like a deer head? I don't know what. It's like a the cattle steer head? skull. Yeah, steer skull. Longhorn. That was like purple. Yeah, they painted that was it cool. purple. It looked really cool. And the, I thought the the pastor, the officiant, yes, looks uh, like Zach Galifianakis. I could see that. Zach yes. Galifianakis. Brandon. Yeah. yeah. Brandon. Um, and at one point, he like there wasn't a podium up there, so he was like holding onto his paperwork, and they they blew away. Oh, yeah. He's running through the field to get to, to grab get his him. Paper. And so then Justin, so he gets up to the front and on the floor or on the ground, I guess, by the archway is a conch, a conch shell. Yes. Okay. And he picks it up <laughs> and he blows the conch calling for his bride. And okay. out comes Rachel on the horse from like the bottom of the hill and cruises up along the side of the fence yep. all the way around. And like her veil is like blowing in Dude, the Dude, it looked like out of a movie. Yeah. It was like so, like she said, they really fluid, thought about this. Fluid. It like didn't miss a beat. It looked awesome. She yeah. rolls up, hops off, the yeah. music's playing. It was, it was fantastic. It was. Yeah. And then there was a couple of readings and then Don played the guitar. Justin's dad played the guitar yep. and um, Ashley's godmother. Yep. She sang. sang um, and that was good. They sang a Beatles song, I think. Yep. Um, 
and oh my god what, what a oh. spectacle oh and then at one point after the you know they do their vows um and then justin at one point says like okay or maybe brandon like now we'll do the uh ceremonial yes bloodletting because nothing because yes. a promise a promise isn't sealed until it's sealed in blood, kind of basically. Did they sacrifice an animal? And they go, then Brandon's like, so the mother Ma of the groom. <laughs> yeah. Marianne, can we have the dagger? The ceremonial dagger. Oh, my God. And I mean, like, everybody in the audience is like, holy shit. <laughs> because yeah. up to this point, this could really be happening. Yeah, it's so, already been, so, um, <laughs> dare I say, strange. <laughs> yeah. So, you like... Rachel and Justin are looking at Marianne and she's like patting on her. She's like doing the check pockets, in the pockets. Like, like where did like I slash in the November rain yeah. video? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. She got up into the same guitar solo. When she yeah. She pulled out the dagger out of her pocket. Yeah. Dusted. <laughs> uh, and then like Brandon's like, oh, just kidding. Rings will have to do. So yeah. Oh, no, you can't fun. find the dagger. I guess we'll skip that part. Yeah. And everybody laughed, you know, it was like, all right. That was yeah. funny. It was funny. It was funny. And then after they did their vows, um, Oh yeah, and we're walking down the aisle. It was to the meatloaf song. Um, oh. No, would do no, no the no, kiss no. one. It, uh, Jesus Christ! Uh, you took the words right out of my the, mouth. Yes, you took um, And then they hopped on the horses, and the horses turned around and like it said, "Just married" on their on the, like the backs of the whatever you like call the it. blanket. Branded. Branded. got it. No, <laughs> yeah, and so then they rode off together with the just married. I mean, it was really it was cool. where did they go. Just, just um, down by the barn. By the barn. They, yeah, they had photos down there. It would have been fun if they were like deuces. They just, <laughs> just kept like, going. <laughs> yeah. they're, you get a postcard from Montana. <laughs> right off of the sunset. Yeah, it was really, it was really good. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah it was good. I had a great time. time. That's fucking fun. Mm -hmm. that, like you said, unique. I've never heard of uh, anything like that. No, and they both, I mean, they, they were super happy. I mean, they just yeah. did it their way. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Yeah, and they killed it. They did mm -hmm. everything worked out good. Mm -hmm. Pretty ballsy though, uh, October outdoor wedding. Well, like the if they would have done it the Saturday before, it was almost eighty degrees. That's you know, true. I mean, who knows what you're gonna get? Yeah, but yeah. Ballsy. There was a guy wandering this neighborhood shirtless, right, driving a car. <laughs> I should have uh, wore the winter coat though. I think I caught a cold as yeah. he went here. Yeah, poor Adam. Yeah. Lots of people um, liked that photo I posted about with that yes. guy yes. <laughs> over the rail. Yeah, hang on. Out, of, out of all the stuff we've talked about in the last couple of weeks, that's been the most feedback I've gotten was like that story with that guy. Like people want to know who that was. And I'm like, yes. I have no, I have no answers for you there. I said to Lisa, I go, why? So we could check the old bits. And she goes, no, so I can invite him to Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god we got a we got a message in our uh, podcast thread from your wife adam oh really about oh, you didn't see it i did yes about uh when she was she wanted to tell oh, the radio yes yeah. yes so good. do you want to reiterate or you want me to read it i got read it pulled it. up you should read it all right so ashley says I got to tell you guys something crazy slash creepy that happened this morning. I was listening to your podcast on my way to work in the car. I was at the point where Sarah had just finished her story about the Mansfield prison. And Matt said something about visiting there and mentions that painting again in a joke slash quip. Suddenly my radio cut out from broadcasting your podcast and cuts to a different radio station playing what sounds like a church service sermon. 
And it took her a second to realize because she wasn't sure if it was part of the show or not <laughs> because it was saying things about damned spirits and holy water. So creepy and weird. I got a bad feeling right away and I listen to my Bluetooth radio all the time. This has literally never happened before. Needless to say, I turned off my radio completely until I got to work. Drove in silence the rest of the way. Oh my God. Yeah, that's crazy. It's creepy. Has that ever happened to either one of you? Something similar to that? I, um, I, I will be, I just. The TV thing, but that was in the, the story. TV. Yeah. yeah. And then last night when I was doing my story for this, I was working on a Chromebook that's a little bit older. Okay. And I don't know what exactly happened, but I was taking notes on like a word document or a blank document. And, um, I was going through different, several different websites and I was scrolling and it's not on a mouse. It's like on one of those finger pads and it got caught up on like, have you seen the conjuring at all? So I know what you're talking about. I, yeah, I've seen the conjuring maybe. Well, and I was looking at like people who were getting possessed, you uh-huh. know, and like poltergeist <laughs> stuff. And I'm interested in Sarah's story already. This one, the video started playing and it was of like this young 11 year old girl about when she spoke, it was like a demonic voice ah. that came out and they got it on recording. And that just like kind of just started playing as oh I'm my gosh. just scrolling through things. And then, so, and I'm home alone and I'm trying to like close that out. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and, but Easy like, on the Pepsi now my fuller. mouse pad is not working at all. I can't get it to shut off. I can't it get it to stop playing. It. Ah. I have to like shut the lid. And sometimes that doesn't even work. And I'm like, I couldn't power it down. It was just the weirdest, weirdest Did thing. Did you consider just throwing it outside? Yeah. And then Taylor comes home and I'm like, that fucking Chromebook is not working. And then she opens up and it's just working perfect. Really? Yeah. It was uh, weird. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, yeah, like TV shit and stuff. I like remember that. one time we were kids. It was at your house, your parents' house, Adam. Okay. Um, I can't for the life of me, like I can't remember the song. I'm, I'm maybe. Oh yeah. There was some. There was some riff in a song where yeah. the guy's like, "And if I ever get out of here, yes. or something like that." We're down in the basement. There's a radio down there, but we weren't we weren't listening to the radio. No. And we're fucking around, and it, it's an older basement. Like there's nothing down there. Like it's just a basement, right? Right. And. Uh, all of a sudden the radio turned on and yep. it was that song and it just goes, get, get out of here. here. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> and we fucking, I booked out of there. steps like you, <laughs> like you would not believe. I don't know how the fuck that there's no explanation. No, for that. that was, that was weird. Have you guys, I guess one thing, have you ever heard of sleep paralysis? Yeah. No. Yeah. So, and I have had that happen to me really a few times. And it's usually like when I'm super stressed or something. And it's kind of like when you're, you're like asleep, but you feel like you're like, your mind is awake yeah, and you feel like, but you can't move anything and you can't talk. And the psychic that um, was at Abby's one time had said that happens. Like when you're sleeping, spirits will like if you have when you're sleeping if you ever felt like the bed like somebody get into your bed or sit on the edge of your bed or anything like that no it's like spirits are you your well in your sleep paralysis are using you as like a portal to come between the two worlds jesus uh, mm-hmm. actually oh. i was gonna do some research on that and i haven't yet but 
We're still next week. There's yeah. one little part in my creep show they mentioned that. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I've definitely had like the, uh, you know, feeling like you're falling and stuff like that, but never. And it's super scary because you try, like you're trying to wake up and move like your limbs or like yell or scream or anything. And you, you absolutely cannot. You're That's just like paralyzed, but your mind is like, wake up, wake up, wake up. I, it happened to me once when I was on Rockport and like, I thought, I'm like, I wonder if this is like when you're dead. Yes. Like, it's weird. Like I had that thought and then, and then finally you like wake up. Yeah. But like, really? Yeah. It almost felt like I was above myself almost kind of. Or like you're, it's, it's weird. It's, it's exactly how she explained it though. Like your mind is completely awake. It mm-hmm. seems, but you can't, yeah, you can't move at all. And sometimes I'll like be telling myself when that's happening, like scream as loud as you can. Yeah, dude. I remember like trying to roll over. This happens something. to you often or it's no? Not lately, but it has happened to me several times. times. Like I only had it once. Several, several times. Like right after I had Taylor was like the first time that I remember it happening. And I was, you know, you're taking care of the infant and I was just crashed out on the couch and it happened. And then like it happened to me once at the Baditures and I was telling myself to scream. And then I woke up after that and I'm like, because I think Liz was in the bed with me, and I'm like, I must not have screamed, right? You know, because yeah. she's not moving. She would have woke up. Yeah. yeah, I remember exactly where I was at and the couch and everything. Like I was mm-hmm. taking a nap on the couch, and it happened. It's like a Sunday night. I wow. did. <laughs> this this is not even remotely like that. But going back to the um, demonic voice that you heard on the Chromebook or whatever, for me and Adam's other show, Dork Side of the Ring, I was just. Um, we were down in the basement here. Maverick was playing a video game and I'm like, well, I should take this time to like watch something, you know, for the, for the pod. So I put on like the WWE network and Adam, I don't know if you saw this, but they uploaded like a, like a mini documentary called like on this day of or something like that. Yeah. I saw the previews for it. Yeah. And it was just like a 14 minute documentary with like three of the guys that were in this ladder match that happened two weeks ago or whatever. Irrelevant. But I'm watching it and I'm like, this guy doesn't usually sound like this. Like it was like Sami Zayn or something, Jeff Hardy or something. And I was like, (laughs) what's going on here? And then like, I'm still doing other shit. Like I'm typing up some other stuff and they get to the next guy, like AJ styles. And I'm like, this guy, he does not, he usually doesn't sound like this. Like what's going on. And I like walked away and something happened with like the audio on the TV and all these guys that were talking had this like really, really like, it's almost like the, the voice of the guy that has his face blanked out when they're yeah. doing like an, yeah, like you don't want the mob to find out That's who's right. talking. Yeah. And it's like, I'm usually doing ladder matches. Like, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Right. Sammy's like, I should probably tell Jeff Hardy how much he means. To me. I'm just like, Don't you wonder with like the electronics, like how much of it, like you just pass off as something like glitching with the electronics. Yeah. Like this morning I was running late for work and we have a sound bar under our TV that we use as the sound for the TV kind of, you know? Okay. Yeah. And so you just press the on off button and it turns on the sound bar and your DVR box and then your TV. And then you press the power button and it all goes off. Well, this morning the sound bar is on. So I hear the news coming from, well, I hear talking coming oh, from the living room. So the TV's off? TV but the, is yeah. off. Okay. But the sound bar is on and it's Because it's just like, picking up the sound from the cable box or whatever. Yep, the okay. channel three news. And I'm like, what the what f? What is that? Right, you know? <laughs> but who knows? I mean, like, how much do you just write off as a glitch when it really maybe is something different, creepy, you know? Yeah. Who knows? Well, I wonder too, because like, obviously what I was watching, it was just kind of like a slowed down voice or something. 
how is that how is that possible because i i backed out of it and turned it back on and everything was fine, fine. Mm-hmm. yeah so it's like how does it get like i get with like uh you know like a uh vinyl record or something where you can like slow the speed down right yeah and make and it the that and then you make it longer it down, but yeah. when you're looking at this documentary and it's 14 minutes whether they're talking this slow or not I, yeah like yeah. how does that work yeah right that's weird. no shit it was weird <laughs> and then i fucking came down here last night and there's all these bugs crawling all over the bathroom over there oh god kendra's gonna hate the fact that i'm talking about our house being infested with bugs, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> but no, there's an explanation. She's there, and there wasn't like a ton of them. But we, we were down here last night, and she's like, "There's like th- four or five of these black bugs, these little black bugs crawling in the bathroom down here." I'm like, "What the fuck?" And I go in there, and I've seen these things before. Um, Coming I usually out of the make mouth like of a corpse. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Um, no, I I make cornhole bags. I used to make the boards and the whole shebang. Like you got to, uh, Adam has probably has three sets of mine in his garage. Yeah. But then I just got to the point where like, I didn't have the time and I didn't have like the place to work on them. So I kind of stopped painting them, but I would still sew up bags because it's pretty quick to do. And I can turn a pretty good profit on that. Um, and the past few years, especially during like June, July, when you have like father's day, graduation, um, mm-hmm. 4th of July, all this stuff, I would go through like, I'm not even joking. 200 pounds of corn making corn bags. Wow. During those like two months. Well, I bought two bags of corn, like 50 pounds a pop. And because there was no parties going on because of social distancing and all this stuff, like I had a full bag of corn sitting in this bathroom with all my supplies and stuff. And I can recall, like it's probably been a good, like two years ago now. Um, down here making those corn bags and like reaching in the thing and pulling up a cup and like filling a bag. And then I'm like, what the fuck is that? And all of a sudden there's like bunch 50, of bugs. 50 of these bugs ah. in this bag. And it's like, what the fuck dude? And then you, I mean, you, there's no, you just pitch it. Yeah. Like there's nothing you can do. I'm not going to, I feel like if I sold somebody a bag of that, they're like the, the, what, what's going to happen? The bugs are just going to like eat all the corn. Right. Or they're going to like get loose in their, I don't yeah, know. I'm like, house, I'm not going to be responsible or, for this. Right. But yeah, so because, and I thought because it's a sealed bag of corn, I'm not going to run into this. Right. But no, fucking all of a sudden I move the bag and there's like 30 of these fucking, and I got them all out of there. So it's fine. But it was like, it's ah. still, it's one of those things where it's <laughs> yeah. like, you, you feel so creeped <laughs> out, Yeah, you know? And they're like, they're weird. They're, t- they're like, I don't know, maybe an eighth of an inch big or maybe a quarter of an inch big. And they have like this kind of like horn looking thing. You can mm. look up corn bugs and you'll see what exactly mm. what they look like. Yep. And Adam's like, I told Adam about, it, he's like, this is the fucking third time I've heard the word corn bug today. I'm like, what <laughs> yeah. are you talking about? Isn't that weird? Have you ever had a word like that? Where you're like, I haven't yes. heard that word in forever. And I heard it three times today. That's weird. That was that corn. Is weird. There is a band uh, that Buckethead and Bill Mosley was in called corn bug. So I saw that. I yeah, yeah I remember yeah, Brian man like, talking yes. about that band. Then then later on he's like, so I got I think I got corn bugs. <laughs> I got them all. Yeah. I don't guys I don't have no corn he doesn't bugs. have corn bugs. There was some corn bugs in the restroom. <laughs> took care of them. Exterminated the corn bugs. <laughs> oh shit! That was weird though. It was just like 
Um, and I won't, I won't hear that word for five years now. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when Adam says helicopter and I hear, I'm like, Adam, nobody, I can go 10 years without saying helicopter and you can't go 10 minutes. It's true. <laughs> and you're the only guy that says helicopter. I know. Also true. <laughs> I've been oh, working Christ. on it though. Yeah. I, to be honest, I haven't heard you say that in a while. Yeah. Kind of disappointed. Killed the joke. I mean, you're trying to bring it back, but we killed it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! No, I just say chopper. Get to the chopper. <laughs> well, I think it's time for a creep show. Volume I think it's time three. we get into uh, volume three of the creep show. What do you guys think? Yeah. Ready. All right. Well, before we get into the creep show, we should uh, give a proper plug. Give a proper plug to the uh, cider of the week, Adam. Unfiltered. It is. Down East White Unfiltered Craft Cider. Mm-hmm. Orange peel and lemon with cracked coriander. It's uh, it's very... I don't taste orange peel, do you? I, I taste a hint of orange a hint peel. of orange? Hint of orange? Is there a hint. little lemon in there? There is. Yep, I taste you that. You got it? Got it. Sarah, Dang. you have a refined palate. No kidding. Mm-hmm. My God. Mm-hmm. To me, it tastes like bubbly apple juice. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good. I'm 13. <laughs> it is. I would. I like it. So I think it's pretty tasty. Yeah, I would. I would totally get it. Um, it's weird. It's unfiltered, and you actually have to. Sh- you're supposed to shake it before you drink it. Yep. Which goes against all laws of nature when dealing with a canned product. Right. If you ask me, <laughs> <It> feels wrong. <laughs> it does. But they even printed that on their upside down. Adam's like, you have to turn it upside down to read it. And that's like, you're halfway there. Yeah. Yep. That's smart. Give it a little shake ski. Yep. All right. Volume three of the creep show. You guys care if I go first or. I don't care. If I haven't gone first yet. You, set you set should, the stage. You should this time. I should probably get my shit in order though. All right. Where are we at? People love guys. Scary papers. People love it when I ruffle papers. Trust me, (laughs) they love it. The kids love it. (laughs) Here, I'll go first. Just wait for me to ten minutes to get ready. No, I'm ready now. (laughs) Damn it! All right. You guys want to go to a rave? I don't. Do you want to go to the rave? Oh. The rave. Yeah. The rave. Maybe. In Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Have you ever been to a show at the Rave? Mm-mm, I don't think so. You're me, and Adam, me and Adam have been to many shows at the Rave. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> I never got into trouble like that. Well, this is no, this, this is, is, a, concert mu- this is a music venue. <laughs> Adam went to Raves at the Asian Bistro. I didn't go to that. Buffet. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. They, <laughs> the max capacity at the beast would have been like 40. <laughs> All right. Enough of this fucking lollygagging, you hooligans. All right. The five-story, seven-stage music venue that we know today went through several changes through the years and may have picked up a few spirits along the way. Mm. All right. So, in the 1920s, the Milwaukee chapter of the Fraternal Order of Eagles was the second largest in the nation. Pretty sure the chapter in Janesville, Wisconsin is the first smallest in the nation. Yeah. You've been down there? Yeah. It's like my grandma's basement. Oh. On Milwaukee Street? I fucking love it, though. We, we, um, 
quick sidebar. Me and Charlie would go down there. For one, they're only open on Thursday nights right now. Like they're trying to get it back going. And um, like they did every, like they were doing everything short of like offering blowjobs for us to like become (laughs) members. Like if I was there any longer, I'd at least got an HJ. I swear to God, the guy's like, so, (laughs) but no, like they're serving beer out of like a cooler and like all the tip, all the tip money goes to like, try to get the air conditioning working and shit. Tough times. Um, But no, it's kind of, like I said, it's like my grandma's basement, like the t- the floor, the drop ceiling, oh, and yeah. everything, just the smell. I don't know. Maybe I need to reconsider. But anyways, this is the, the Milwaukee chapter, second largest in the nation, and the members wanted to build a suitably grand new clubhouse designed in the Mediterranean Romanesque style by local architect Russell Barr Williamson, who studied under Frank Lloyd Wright. Excavation began in April of 1925. Construction of the monumental five-story building took two years and cost a staggering $1.25 million, about $18 million today. I pulled a lot of this from uh, probably about five or six different websites to kind of get it all. A lot of them would focus on like one or two aspects of it, so I wanted to get the, you know, more of the grand scheme of it. Yeah. Most of the club's founding members worked in the theatrical industry, so it's not surprising that entertainment was a focus right from the start. The ornate 25,000-square-foot Eagles Ballroom is the centerpiece of the huge building. It has a capacity of 4,000 people. The building also had a two-story gym that boasted a bowling alley, a lounge, a restaurant, and a 50-by-75-foot swimming pool. Mm, Wow, that's big. Yeah. Yeah, it was like an athletic club in the bottom t- bottom two floors of the five-story building were dedicated to this athletic club. On the afternoon of September 10th, 1927, Francis Wren, age 15, dived into the swimming pool at the Milwaukee Eagles Club. More than 40 people were in the pool at the time, most of them classmates from West Division High School. No one noticed when Francis failed to resurface. Minutes later, another diver bumped into Francis's body floating near the bottom of the pool's nine and a half foot deep end. Firefighters responded and performed artificial respiration for more than half an hour, but could not revive the boy. What were you laughing at? When you said artificial, I wasn't anticipating. You thought semination? Yeah. <laughs> You're 13. <laughs> How dare you? It was initially... speculated that the boy died as a result of a heart attack, but autopsy determined drowning to be the cause of death. There were no signs of heart disease. Three weeks later, the boy's mother, who suffered from heart problems, also died. She is buried next to her son, the youngest of her 12 children. Oh my lord. No one has explained how an athletic young man known to be an expert swimmer and diver could have drowned unnoticed in a pool filled with other swimmers. His death has remained a mystery for 87 years. So a lot of people speculate that he was held under, but at that same thing is like with all those people in the area, like somebody would have seen something or somebody would have said something you would think you'd think. It's just a lot of people for something like that to happen, and nobody's got an answer to that. Right. All right. 
this is where it gets a little sadder too. At least two other children drown in the pool in the late 20s, prompting the closure of the pool as well as the entire athletic club area. It was at times after that used as a homeless shelter as winters in Milwaukee could get very cold. So it was almost like a lifesaver for, for homeless people. By 1941, the Milwaukee's Eagles chapter was the largest in the country with 9,200 members in the city. Damn. But in the late 50s, a mere 20 years later, membership began a long, slow decline, which finally resulted in the local chapter filing for bankruptcy and selling its building in 1989. It was then that renovations began to transform this historical building into the music venue that we know today. And then I have some interesting facts about the rave. Location-wise, Jeffrey Dahmer's Apartment of Horrors was right across the street. It is now leveled, but who knows what dark entities remain from the Cream City Cannibals Hotel of Horrors. Do you guys like that last line? Mm -hmm. I crafted that myself. That's good. Cream City Cannibal. That's pretty nice. They're calling the Milwaukee Cannibal. I was like, Leave a money on the table. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Writes itself. <laughs> All right. In 1959, $1.50 got you admittance into the Winter Dance Party, a show that featured Buddy Holly, the Big Bopper, and Richie Valens. This was the last show on the tour as their plane crashed a few days later on February 3rd. Oh, man. oh I didn't know that's where it was at. This one's weird, too. Mac Miller, who played the rave four times in his short career, claimed that that was his favorite venue to play. He actually loved to hang out in the abandoned pool area and even autographed a pool tile. The inscription reads, I am Mac Miller. I once lived. Now I am dead. My soul remains here. Enjoy. Oh, my God. That's nuts. Yeah, and he was scheduled to play his fifth tour, fifth show there. Um right before he passed. I think I think within the next couple months he was it was already On scheduled. Tour, yeah. yeah. Damn. That's crazy, right? Yeah. How weird that that he, that's what he would chose to, to write. choose to write. There's a ton of uh I've heard a lot of bands like that's the the cool thing to do at the rave when you go there. Go check it out. Go yeah, to, they all yeah. tour it and, and people I you see all the time like someone would just be on Twitter like there's a picture of the pool. Yeah. And like, "Oh dude, it's so weird." Yeah, cuz it's still there. It's just drained. Well, you, you know, it's, it's off limits to everybody, except for if you're an act, I guess, but it's all locked up and everything. All right. And then I wrote mm-hmm. down some of the rave's most noted paranormal sightings. Now, many of the employees say that every single band that has passed through there has a story to tell. Like nobody has played that show and not had something weird happen, whether it just be like a light go off or something weird that just generally doesn't happen. And a lot of people say it's the most like creepy place they've ever played. Wow. Yeah. Have you, you've never been there. I haven't. Isn't that nuts? They, they have like, depending on how big of an act you are, kind of like depends on where in the place you play. Cause like I said, there's seven stages. Yeah. So some of them are very small, like picture like the back bar. And then the biggest one, this Eagles ballroom, which I never knew it was called the Eagles ballroom because it was an the Eagles, Eagles club. club. Yeah, I don't think I put two and two together. I either. didn't either. Um, but they would, this ballroom is, it's just like this giant oval and there's like a balcony on the back half of it. So like you can, there's almost like box seating up there, but the rest of it's all just general admission, just like 
you standing on a floor, but the top of it is like this real ornate, like, I, I don't know. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. It's very cool. Um, but anyways, some of the rave's most noted paranormal sightings. The entity of a vile shelter manager is thought to be the source of heavy energy, a negative feel and icy cold spots felt by many, usually in the week hours of closing time in the basement. And apparently the guy that was in charge of like this homeless shelter was a real dick to a lot of these guys. Uh, and they nice. think that his being is still there. Uh, shadow people have often been reported by the staff. A few band members packing up for the night after performing in the Eagles hall um, or by performing by band members performing in the Eagles hall. Uh, other on the other musical venue stages located throughout the building, bands have noticed this one entity who likes to watch them practice or when not many people are in the audience or present, they'll just see like this one, like weird guy Ooh. like over and over again, kind of like a shadowy guy. Um, workers have seen what they thought was a man standing in one of the second floor boxes located above the ballroom. Like I just told you about, um, one particular guy said he called security, and then when the security approached this person, he ran down the aisle, but disappeared right before the staff was able to get him, just into thin air. Uh, there's an entity of a little girl that roams around the hallways behind the coat check area in the basement. Her laughter is often heard. Her presence sometimes gives the living a brief sense of dread. There's always um, a little girl. You know, kid ghosts are the kid, worst, kid dude. Ghosts are the worst. Uh, staff have heard shuffled footsteps and smelled a strong odor of bleach in the basement where the pool is located. Now the pool's been drained and closed since um, the late twenties. Like it opened in twenty seven, and it took but a mere three years for them to shut that pool down. Right? Yeah, that's crazy. That'd be creepy. So, I mean, that's a long time for you to still smell uh, like chlorine, chlorine or something. Or something. You know? yeah. um, a past employee known as Jack is still present and doing his work in the boiler room where he stays. He doesn't like people coming into his area. One group on a ghost hunt recorded a voice saying, get out, get out now. And there was a YouTube video and I haven't clipped on, clicked on it, ah. um, but I thought maybe after the show we could check it out. And if it's good, we'll just post it. Uh, people hear voices coming from places where no one alive was there. Happy sounds of children playing or the distressful noise of children crying unhappily are often heard as well. Also staff who are cleaning up after closing hours have seen entities of children playing in a group. Wow. Which is weird. Ugh. It's creepy. <laughs> I, know, I, I like to think that kids. at some point uh, that, um, that hula hoop girl from the, <laughs> Remember that? Remember hula hoop girl? We were at a show one time, and there was yes. like this chick was just like going nuts with the hula hoop this entire show. <laughs> I hope that's where her final resting place is. Me too. That was at the rave. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> I just don't remember what show it was. I do. What was it? It was the insane clown posse, Matt. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> uh, sidebar to that, me and Adam, we almost died. We went to this insane clown posse show because they had a wrestling show beforehand. So like we said before, there's multiple like venues within this building. They had wrestling in one area. And then after that, 
like all the bands on their label, it seemed like, yeah, played a show at the ballroom. So we, we got, got our money's there, worth. Yeah, we got there at like four in the afternoon, and we left at like two in the morning, and we and it still wasn't over, but we were like, we, we had to tap out. out. Here. We're Damn. old, and all these like kids knew every word from every artist, every song, and because we didn't, like, we kept getting like the side eye from a lot, like. They thought we were undercover cops. For sure, dude. <laughs> for sure. And they start chanting shit. Like, they kept chanting family, like, family, over and over. Family. That's their thing, though. Yeah, well, I felt like I was going to get eaten. Yeah, it was new. It was, uh, it was, it was something. It was fun. <laughs> it was fun. But yeah, there was a hula hoop, girl, hula hoop girl that was like, she was probably on some hard drugs, but she was just going she to town. grooving, man. Yeah. I hope she's there right now in spirit form. I kept trying to get the hula hoop from her to do that one stupid trick where you just throw yeah. it out, snap your wrist, and it comes back. To she's me. like, what is this, amateur hour? Just get the fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> Cop. Narc. <laughs> <laughs> so, in closing, obviously, a host of characters from the Eagles Club past still stay in the structure. From the top floor down to the basement and underbelly for a variety of reasons. The music-loving entity who enjoys seeing the musicians play for free because of his status of being a spirit person could be Buddy Holly. There is a small shrine dedicated to him in the rave or any other of the musicians that died with him in that plane crash. That's one of the theories. Uh, one thing is for certain, the rave is one of Milwaukee's most haunted locations. Very nice. good. Very good. And I hadn't heard a lot about most of that. Like, I definitely heard about the pool. Yeah. Um, but I didn't hear a, a lot of those other things I didn't know. No, hear I didn't either. About. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's scary. Scurry. I think next week I might do another weird one, though, like week one. I really enjoyed <laughs> the shit out of that week one. Uh, Kendra said her mailman, Nick, that listens to the show. She's like, he's like, dude, he had me with that fucking Ikea story. And I was like, I really liked that Ikea story. That was a good one. Yeah, that was a great one. Yeah. Uh, you want to go next, Adam? Uh, sure. They might knock on your door on a late wintry night. You may Ooh. see them approaching your car while you're waiting at the signal or at a gas station. It might seem like they need help, or they might just stand still for no reason. These children do not look threatening. They would want to get in your house be kids. or your car. They will be persistent. Suddenly, you'll notice something is not right about these children. Their eyes, pure black from lid to lid, dead black orbs devoid of any iris will chill up your spine. You have finally come across the black-eyed children. Fergie's in that group. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get it started. That's not what they say, Adam. That's yes, they do, Matt. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't hold up anymore, does it? Can't play that one at the football game anymore. All right, uh, black-eyed children or black-eyed kids is an urban legend of para paranormal creatures that resemble children between the ages of six and sixteen. These creatures with pale skin and black eyes have reportedly been seen hitchhiking, panhandling, or at the doorsteps of residential homes. A dozen stories keep circulating, all following a very similar pattern. Kids with eyes completely blacked out appear at people's home or vehicle, knock on the door, and then insist upon getting inside. <laughs> Anyone who encountered them has almost immediately felt an overwhelming sense of dread. 
Besides blacked out eyes, these children typically appear normal. Sometimes their attire seems outdated. In extremely unusual instances, people have reported encountering creatures with talon-like feet. Whoa. No one knows where or how these creatures pop up. Conspiracy theorists believe that black-eyed children are aliens trying to reach out to their earth. Demonologists believe that they are children of the devil himself, and if you let them in, you're allowing the devil to enter your life. They want to enter your home to call their parents. However, upon making eye contact, it seems like there's a much sinister plot to their story. Some people claim these children have existed since the 1980s. However, most sources say that the legend originated in 1996 in posts written by a Texas reporter named Brian Bethel, where he wrote about two alleged encounters with the black-eyed children. He said that he encountered two children in Abilene, Texas, with pale skin and black eyes. In 2012, Bethel retold the story on the TV show Monsters and Mysteries in America. He then wrote an article for the Albion Reporter News, which he described as experience again. I've, are you... I, you got a breaking point here or you're you still going? Um, we well, can, I know you're still going, but I just want to, it's, I remember seeing like a, a show or a documentary on this at some point. Yeah. There's the a bunch years. of different stories. All right. Sorry. Um, so one of the stories goes like this in a snowy town in the middle of nowhere in Vermont, an elderly couple heard the sound of three loud knocks on their door. They opened the door and saw two children, a boy and a girl. Parents will be here soon. May we come in? The children said they did not make eye contact and just stood there in the doorway. The elderly couple were hesitant, but after a while, they let the boy and girl inside. Oh, God. The kids settled on the couch while the wife made some hot cocoa, and the husband asked some questions that went unanswered. The wife returned and noticed that her cat was scared and angry with the children. May we please use the restroom? The wife looked at the kids, and she finally saw them. The children's eyes were as black as the starless universe. She directed them to the bathroom and returned to her husband, who was covering his face with his hand. Did you see their eyes, the husband? then showed her his, her his hand that was full of blood from a nosebleed. Oh. The power suddenly went out, and the house turned as black as the kid's eyes. Oh, my God. The wife headed to the restroom and was confronted by the voice of the kids at the end of the hall, uttering, our parents are here. The kids then exited the house, leaving the door wide open. The wife noticed that there were two men at the end of the driveway. The men were very tall and slender. The wife waved, but they did not receive the same friendly gesture. The two men and children drove away together in one car. The power then came back on after the kids had left. Throughout the next week, weird things would happen in the house. Three out of the four cats went missing. The fourth had been found dead in a pool of its own blood. The husband continued to have nosebleeds and finally went to the doctor, where he was diagnosed with a very aggressive skin cancer. This legend even crossed bodies of water and landed in the great land of the UK, where in 2014, the Daily Star wrote three front-page stories about sightings of black eyes children in the haunted pub of Staffordshire. Ghost hunters who believe the black-eyed children were extraterrestrials, vampires, or ghosts uh, that took these alleged sightings very seriously. Uh, nowadays, people still claim to see the black-eyed children when driving late at night down an empty road or outside their window late at night or even lurking in the shadow of their room. Many have reported seeing the black-eyed children standing in the corner of their room during their episodes of sleep paralysis or <laughs> even waking up in the middle of the night because they sensed someone was watching them. And in the shadows were there these children. Oh, my God. The one I heard that freaked me out was he said, they look so weird. They look like you saw them under like a street light and it was cold. So you could see their breath and you couldn't see their breath. And it looked like they're trying to look like they're breathing, which is oh, weird like, to me. Like they weren't, but they like were acting like sure. they were. You know what I mean? It's like, ah, 
That's freaky. That is freaky. Do they? I might have encountered them. Yes. I can remember. Oh, this is weird. I don't know. I don't even know what I refer to these kids as. This is weird, though. Is this is this uh, on the bridge? Yes. Oh, dude. You I know remember, this, right? Yes, I remember this one. Ooh. Were you with me? I don't remember if I anybody was with me. me. I don't think I was there. Okay. So on the bike trail here in town. <clears throat> the one behind DTS, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So we're kids. When we're, when we're pretty little, like that bike trail didn't exist. Like it was a fairly new concept when we're like, I don't know, 12 or something. Yeah. 12-ish, something like that. So this would have been, I, it was probably either like summer after eighth grade or summer after ninth grade or something like that. Yep. Um, so I'm probably like 14 or 15 at the time and there's this, the bike trail right behind down the street. <clears throat> and we live kind of on that side of town, me and Adam. And I don't remember, I can't remember where I was coming from or where I was going to, but it, like, it wasn't that uncommon. We would, we would pull the old, uh, I'm staying at Adam's house. Adam's staying at my house thing, like and ride several times. Yeah. And we would literally ride our bikes around like all fucking night. Like that's what we would do. Yep. And it was, it was fun, but there's several times where like some weird shit would go down or whatever. (laughs) Um, but I don't, I don't think this was one of those moments because I feel like I was by myself. I think you were too, but But it still was really late for some, it was like midnight. It was like midnight, one o'clock. I don't remember. Um, but I'm coming back from somewhere or heading to grandma's or whatever, but the bike trail was like a very nice thing because the cops are not on the bike trail yeah you can't get busted for curfew you know what i mean uh-huh. so any t- any chance you got to take the bike trail somewhere you fucking hop on it and the fact that it kind of got us near like i probably would have got off the bike trail right there on um delvin drive and then just taken like the hill home right you know what i mean but there's a section of the bike trail that crosses the river and there's like a wood bridge. Is that still in like use? I think I I feel like they've now like detoured the bike trail around. No, it's they've it's still good to go. They read the okay. Yeah. So but it's a decent size like wood bridge. And I'm coming up to the bridge and it's not uncommon to see people fishing off of it. Right. But it is strange to see children fishing off of it at like one in the morning. Yeah. And <clears throat> There was, they had like lanterns, like they had like the lant, the lanterns, the only light out there. Yeah. And I want to say there was three kids, like one, I definitely remember one kid was older than the other two, just because they're standing there with their poles and one of them's probably, you know, yay high. And the other two, the other two for being one o'clock in the morning, I swear they were, they were probably like seven or eight years old. And then the oldest one was probably like 10 or 11 or something like that. And I never did see their faces, so I couldn't tell you if they were black-eyed kids. One of them did refer to the other one as Fergie. No, I already said that <laughs> joke. <laughs> no, but um, I'm coming across the bike, the bridge, and you know I see I see these three kids fishing, and like I said, I don't see their faces, and it's it's fairly narrow, and I'm not just gonna like blaze just book it past them. So I'm just kind of going slow and I just go, 
hey, you guys catching anything or something like that? And they don't turn around. Oh, the other thing is all three of them had just like a, like a long mop of blonde hair. Oh like, yeah, that's it right. It wasn't like a, it was kind of like a bowl cut, but it was like a long, it's kind of old timey now that I think about yeah. it. Yeah. I didn't notice like their clothes being old timey or anything like that. Like that might've stuck out, but they, they all three had this like blonde bowl cut kind of mop of hair. And I just go, Hey, you guys catching anything? And they don't turn around. But the oldest one just goes, nothing yet. <laughs> That's all he's. And I'm like on my bike, just kind of moving, you know, just slowly by him. But I got the weirdest fucking feeling from oh, that. That like, man. it was like, it was fucked up. Oh. I always liked when you told that story. Cause you like, you kind of do, you act like the kid with the bowl cut and you're like, yeah, he's just like reeling the, the, you know, the, the just like nothing. Doesn't, yet. Yeah. It's like looking forward or looking down. And I'm like, it's what like, are they ah. trying to catch? Yeah. <laughs> you pedal a little faster after that bridge. Oh dude. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I probably got up the VFW hill in like record, record time. time. <laughs> Dang. That's scary. Yeah. That was weird. And I don't have many. And like I said, that may or may not have been anything paranormal. Like I don't, one of our buddies on Facebook this week was like trying to get interviews with people that have paranormal stories to tell. Did you see that? Oh yeah. Um, I was like, I wish I had something to talk to him about, but the only, like I can think of that story and I can think of like, there was a time at my grandma's house. I don't know if I've told this on the pod, but if I have, it's been a long time um, where we were playing video. I was playing video games on the basement and like my brother and my two cousins were off in like the, the way my grandma's basement set up is you go down the stairs and it's like, she made it kind of like a little rec room for us. Like she carpeted it we had a couch and like the Nintendo and all that stuff. Right. But then it kind of goes back to where there's like a laundry room and then there's like a workshop area, like way back there. Yep. And I was playing video games and my cousin Jake was there with me, like kind of behind me on the couch. Like he was the couch, the back of the couch wasn't butted up to a wall. It was just like floating mm -hmm. out in the middle of the room. So it wasn't, it, I was sitting on the couch playing the game and like he would come pop up and like see how far I'm getting or like check it out or whatever. And then he'd go back and play with, you know, TJ and Nate dog. Yeah. And I could hear him playing back there, but I felt something behind me and I thought it was just Jake kind of checking in and I go, oh, yeah. Jake, check out how far I got. And I like glance back and just real quick, but because I'm playing a game, I'm like immediately back to the screen and I'm like. That was an old bald man standing behind. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and my grandma doesn't have any, um, there's no photos of my grandpa, Tom, who died like a year before I was born. There's no photos of him in the house. So like I had never seen this man, but I described what I saw to my grandma and it like spot on. Oh my God. And, but other than that, like, I don't think I've ever had a real brush with a ghost other I take it back. There's one <laughs> other, again, at my grandma's house, this is another like small instance. Um, I've told on here before, like my mom passed away and I'm five. Um, I live with my dad and his girlfriend. It's kind of like a tumultuous setting. And then eventually move in with my grandma when I'm eight. And like the first like month or two when I was there, like I thought I saw my mom walked down the hall, but other than that, and and that was just like a real quick thing too. Like, but other than that, I, I don't really have, I have nothing to go on other than that. Like, yeah, that's scary though. Damn. But yeah, there, 
yeah, just it was, it was it was like a fucking bald guy standing behind me, just like watching me play a video game. That's creepy. That is creepy. Yeah. Kind of cool though. Yeah, if it was him, you know. My grandma, uh, I got bought my grandparents' house. Yeah, and dude. I swear my grandma plays with the lights in the dining room all the time. She loves yeah, I've the dimmer. Yeah, seen her do that, and it'll, it'll be completely off. And then just it'll and it'll do cool patterns. Like it's always different. Like I'll record it sometimes. Yeah, it'll fade in and out and fast. And I don't know. Could just be sometimes fun. things like that are a comforting though. Yeah, yeah. it totally yeah. was. Like I'm like, this is awesome. And I'll tape it for a little bit, and then it stops. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Dang, that's scary. Black eyed kids. <laughs> <laughs> a good one, Adam. That was good. <laughs> Damn. I swear I watched, um, there's a bunch of, I think there's a movie. There's like, I, didn't, I definitely of, didn't watch a movie, but I remember something. It might've even been like that story, but done like a reenactment of it. Sure. But then again, a lot of the stories were, were very similar to that where they show up at the house and they like ask to come in and like either use a in. phone or something. Like yeah. That. It's creepy. <sighs> Maybe Do you remember that kind of story about black eyed kids. Maybe a ring will go off and it'll be a couple of kids out there. Oh my God. If you guys really want to make me shit my pants, we'll set that up. <laughs> Hire some child actors. <laughs> yeah. If I, oh, if I can get them the blonde bowl cuts. Oh, they got fishing God. poles. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Why did I tell you that? That was the greatest prank ever. It's down now. <laughs> Holy shit balls. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sarah. What do um, you got? So, Lisa gave me a tipster on this story nice yeah What's it, does he got a title or anything or no it's the time warp saloon yeah um so northwest wisconsin is the epitome of the north woods it's a place with tiny communities of people living far apart from one another Susan's family had been coming to the area since the early 1930s, and her and her family would spend their summers out of the city and in the North Woods. When you're up north and you get out of what you consider just your local community, you were considered a stranger. It's hard to get reactions out of people up north. They're friendly enough, but you don't really get close unless you're almost a local, and Susan and her family are still considered outsiders. How long has she been there? Since they've been coming up there for the summer since the 30s. Still, though, it's just the summer folk, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're not full-time. Right. Tourists. <clears throat> On this one night about 20 years ago, Susan and her friend were coming back from a bar in Ashland, Wisconsin. They were driving really late at night. It was starless, and it was pitch black. You couldn't see past the headlights on the road, and even with the bright lights, it was like the forest on each side was just swallowed in darkness. After driving for probably 30 or 40 minutes, it became very apparent that they needed a rest stop, but there was nothing. There were no roadside parks. There are no little towns. Susan's friend Bob was driving and said they could just pull off to the side. Now Susan walks with a cane, and that just wasn't really an option for her. Susan told Bob no way and asked him to please just drive fast and they will find some place that is open. When they turned down onto the new highway... They came up over a hill, and there they could see this red, bright, illuminated neon sign up over the hill, and that was the Roadhouse Saloon. It had the beer lights in the windows, cars in the parking lot. Now, mind you, this is like almost 3 o'clock in the morning. 
Bob said, oh, this is great because all the locals are talking about this place because they recently had an artist from Disney Studios paint one of the big walls in a mural. As they opened the door, there was this big dance floor that had one of those horseshoe-shaped bars, and on the far wall was this mural, and it was an Old West scene. As Susan scanned the room, she could see there weren't a lot of people there. There were like three ladies sitting to Susan's right with cocktails, There were a couple of guys playing pool off to her left, and there was a bartender standing there, a young man leaning on the bar just smiling at them. It seemed to Bob and Susan that everybody was looking at them like they were expecting them. This was something that was very unlike any other bar Susan had walked walked into up north. Usually when you walk in, people turn away. Sure. So after Susan came out of the bathroom... Bob handed her a beer, and they decided to look more closely at the mural on the far wall. As they did that, another young man went to the jukebox, and that's when Susan noticed the jukebox was one of the old Wurlitzer jukeboxes that had the old vinyl 45 records in it, and it was a butte. It did not look like it was worn. The gentleman put a coin in the jukebox, and the record went down, and it started playing Let's Twist Again Like We Did Last Summer by Chubby Chubby Checker. He comes up to Susan and says, do you want to dance? He has a beer in his hand and he's kind of teetering a little bit. And Susan had the perfect excuse. She pointed to her cane and just said, sorry, I can't dance. And Susan and Bob went over to the mural. On one side of it, there were those swinging saloon doors. There were women sitting at a bar and there were gamblers sitting at a gambling table. And it was really unusual. It seemed like it had perspective, but it was like a garish perspective. All the colors were very harsh. It was almost floor lit, so it seemed like like tunnel-like, but not quite. But then Bob turns to his right and looks behind Susan and then back at the painting. Susan's like, what? And Bob said, look at those guys at the pool table. Oh no, they're the same as in the painting. Susan turned and she still hadn't heard pool balls and the guys were just standing at the pool table. Susan looked at them and turned and looked back at the gentleman sitting playing cards in the painting, and it appeared to be those gentlemen, the same facial features. It was them. Bob said, let's see if anybody else here is in the painting. So they looked at the bartender and turned and looked at the painting, and near the door, there was a cowboy gunslinger with a cowboy hat on with the exact same build and features as the bartender. So then this became like a game, and they went face on the painting to face in the bar, And the three ladies who were still sitting at the bar, the real bar where Bob and Susan were, and one was up standing by a piano singing. The gentleman who was playing the jukebox was playing the piano, and every single person in that bar was in that painting. Oh, my God. There was nobody else in the painting. It was the exact number of people in the bar without Bob and Susan. Oh, that was my question. Do they see themselves in the painting? Once again, the gentleman put another coin in the jukebox and played Let's Let's Twist Again Like We Did Last Summer. Same song? Now, Bob and Susan are trying to rationalize it. They thought, clearly these people are regulars. So this artist probably came and put these people who are here in the painting. That would be something really cool to do. So they first asked the bartender, is that you in the picture? And the friendly friendliness didn't really evaporate, but it was like the communication was gone. The bartender looked at them and didn't respond verbally, but continued smiling and shrug nodding as if he did not understand the words they had said. Then Susan looked at the ladies and asked, 
are you in these paintings up there? And they just looked at her without changing expression at all. Now Bob and Susan start to notice the only people who took a drink of their drink were themselves. Nobody started playing pool while, while they were there. Nobody did much of anything except watch Bob and Susan. Even though from the very beginning the situation was very odd, it now started to get a little creepy. Susan had had enough and said, let's just go. But Bob said, come on, one more, just one more. Oh, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> let's spend a little more time checking out the mural. So Susan reluctantly... Well, I would that be the last thing yeah, I would do I at that point. Out of it, Bob. So Susan reluctantly agreed, and they ordered two more. It was at that point that they heard the money in the machine and the drop of the record, and once again, it was let's the same twist song. Again. It was "Let's Twist Again" like we did last summer. You know, when someone plays a song two times in a row, that could be their favorite song, but a third time, that made the hair on Susan's neck stand up. And as they walked back to that mural across the dance floor, everyone was watching them. And they were watching them so intently that Susan's heart was beating a little harder than it was before. About halfway to the mural, Susan stopped and said, wait, what's that? Bob looked and he just said, I don't know. The mural looked exactly the same, except in the doorway, just outside of the painted saloon, were two shadowy figures that were grayish, one of a man and one of a woman. Susan said she hadn't seen that earlier. Bob said, let's get closer. And as, we got, and as they got closer, they could see those figures resembled Bob and Susan. And when Susan looked down underneath the swinging door, she noticed that the woman was walking with a cane. Oh, my God. Susan grabbed, grabbed Bob and said, oh, my God, look in the doorway. And it looked as though those two figures were being filled in in color. Bob dropped the beers on the bar and grabbed Susan's arm, and they hightailed it for the door. As they came across the dance floor, everyone stood up and turned to them. The guy who had been playing the jukebox started walking towards Bob and Susan. They ran through the door with the music still playing and the lights blazing in the windows, and as soon as the door shut, the music instantly stopped playing and the lights went out. It was silent and black, as if anything inside no longer existed. Bob turned on the car lights and noticed that there were no cars in the parking lot. You could see the windows were darkened. There was nothing inside. They got into that car and sped out of that parking lot, throwing up the gravel. They got on the highway, shaking, trying to catch their breath. About 10 miles down the road, they just looked at each other and said, what the fuck was that? They started asking each other, did this really happen? So the next morning at breakfast, they tell Susan's sisters what happened. Susan's sisters say, let's go back there and check it out and see what's what. So a few days later, they went. It was just 8 or 9 o'clock at night. As they pull into the parking lot, Susan gets that sinking feeling like she wasn't sure she wanted to go in there, but she knew they were going in and she couldn't stop it. The place is pretty full. People are having food and drinks and Susan looks around to see if any of the people she had seen a week ago were in there and she didn't recognize any of the faces. But when she looked up the, at the mural, they were all still there, the gunslinger, the card players, the barmaids, but there was no one in that doorway. It was empty. And as she looked around, she noticed the jukebox was no longer the Wurlitzer. She looked for Chubby Checker, and it wasn't there. Whoa. <laughs> the bartender <laughs> was this young woman, and Susan asked her where the other bartender was. And she said, what other bartender? <clears throat> Susan said Saturday night she was there, and there was a different bartender. She said it was really late, <clears throat> probably 3 o'clock in the morning. 
The bartender said, my dad owns this place, and he and I are the only ones who tend bar here, and we closed at midnight. The Roadhouse Saloon is still there, but it's changed now. It's part of a little mini up north strip mall with an all-night gas station and gift shops, but the mural is still there, and there's still nobody in the doorway, and none of those people who were there that night are there. A year ago, the author of Your Life Now took a road trip to the Roadhouse Bar in Hawthorne, Wisconsin. She'd heard about the haunted mural on an episode of the Spooked podcast called Time Warp Saloon, and she wanted to see it for herself. She confirmed that the haunted mural exists and found a piece of it that had been removed. Most importantly, this piece, this missing piece of the mural has two saloon saloon doors on it. Now, this is significant because the two saloon doors play a huge part in the podcast. Um, Finding those doors was like finding the holy grail of haunted stories. The missing piece of the mural is now in a neighbor's garage. The rest of the mural remains in the Roadhouse Saloon. Whoa. What? That's (laughs) awesome. That was a great one. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Lise. That was pretty good. Where is it? Hawthorne, Wisconsin? Yeah. Yep. How do you spell Hawthorne? H A W T H O R N E. Yeah. And we said it was by Ashland. Yeah. I, I have a buddy that lives in Ashland. Could stay up there, Matt. Stop into the the Roadhouse the Saloon. Roadhouse Saloon. I'm not even seeing. And that. here is a picture. Uh, I do have just the snippet of the that missing piece that was um, found in the um, neighbor's garage. So it's kind of just that part with the western scene. So that would have been the two doors that lined down the middle. Jesus, this mural must have been gigantic. Yeah, because that's big. It must have taken up that whole... The whole wall yeah. or something. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, that was pretty good. I tried just quickly. Wow. <clears throat> it's not good pod for me to sit here and just Google stuff on my phone, but I want to know how far away Hawthorne, Wisconsin is and if we can go get a picture with that mural or Dang. what. Dang, yeah, we'll have to check that out. That would be fun, <laughs> even if it was just to go get a picture with the mural. Right. That is gnarly, man. We can snowmobile at DJ Jess One's place. He lives in Ashland. It's right there. I thought it was Hawthorne. It's, Hawthorne's right by Ashland. Yeah. Ashland, A-S-H-L-A-N-D. It's like six hours. Or um, you could Google ro- um, Roadhouse Saloon, like Haunted Roadhouse Saloon or something in Wisconsin, and I bet it'll come up. Ashland, Wisconsin is a mere five hours and 16 minutes. Let's go get in the car. There we go. We'll get be there, there by midnight. No, we won't. I it's know. like 10. Oh my God. Yep. On Friday? Big old lake right there. What <laughs> lake is that? I don't know. I'm about to tell you. Superior. I was just going to say superior. So it's way up there. Sounds right. Yeah. Holy balls. That was a good one. All three. I think all three. This is probably our volume three is probably the best one yet. Yeah, yeah man. I think We're so. We're going to have to top it for volume four. We'll oh, it's see. the go home, right? The go home. The big Halloween <laughs> spectacular <laughs> next week. came home. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, yeah, bring your A game next week. That's a lot of pressure. I know. That was really good. Maybe you should have saved that one. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Just kidding. Maybe I should have. Dude, that is uh I don't know. That's a pretty gnarly one. I really like that stuff. Yeah. You want a little shower thought? Wrap would, it up? Yeah, I would love that. I would love nothing more. Nothing more? Yeah. So this one's along the same theme. Maybe ghosts look identical to humans and we actually see them every day. Mm, baby. Baby.